Let's jump into the series right now or into this message. I want to continue this series on Shakeable. And today, uh, I really feel like what God's speaking to us about is having the right posture. You know, there's a certain posture that we need to have, that we need to operate in when, when we're sitting or standing to, to, to be healthy. And God's saying, have the right posture in receiving this kingdom. I, I want to read the scripture that really we've been reading every week. It's the foundational scripture. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Let's read it right now. It says this. It says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. In the Passion Translation, it says it like this. Since we're receiving our rights to to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart. Let me just stop right here and let me just say this. Here's the first point really in having the right posture and it's be thankful. Number one, be thankful. We have to be thankful when we're receiving this kingdom. You know, it says it right here in the, in the trans, in the passion translation, we're receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom. So we should be extremely thankful in the message. It says it like this. It says, do you see what we've got an unshakable kingdom? And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. Listen, God is not an indifferent bystander. He's not just standing around and saying, oh, we'll see what happens with them. No, God is actively working. And in fact, this time where everything's being shaken around us, everything is being moved, you know, we're, we're in discomfort where, where our normal routines and our activities, they're, they're not there. And uh, frustrations might even be rising up. You know, this is a great time to have a self-check to see what's going on inside of me. What's in my heart that doesn't need to be in my heart? You know, is there hatred? Is there anger? Is there any bitterness going on? What's there that is rising up? And, and here's what God is wanting to do. He's wanting to cleanse all that out. You know that God is more concerned about you being complete you being whole, then you feeling good about everything because he's a good father. He's a, he's a good God. He is a great God. You know, as a dad, I'm not always concerned about my kids having every single thing that they want. I'm concerned about my kids being complete. I want to raise amazing daughters and an amazing son. I want them to love God. I want them to be disciplined. I want them to be prosperous, right? I want them to be mature. And so some of that, it's, it's allowing some positions, them to be in some positions where they have to have the right posture. They have to shape up. They have to do some things to become more complete. I only have a few years to raise these kids. And when they're no longer in my house, I want them to walk out into the world and be amazing uh, women and amazing man of God. That's, that's my desire. And what God wants to happen for us is he wants us to become mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so God will use these, these trials, these, these things that are being shaken around us to allow stuff to come and to show us to say, hey, clean this up. Hey, clean that up. You know, some of us, maybe we're, we're finding ourselves complaining a ton right now. And God's saying, this is the season to learn how to be thankful in the midst of discomfort, in the midst of you feeling like you're not getting your way, or things maybe even feeling like you're being wronged. Maybe you are being wronged somehow. 
I don't know. But God's saying this is a season to be thankful regardless. But this is how you receive the kingdom. You know, it's like when my uh, when my kids ask for something, they ask for a snack or they ask for, for food, they're hungry. And I'll tell them, yes, they'll come and say, Dad, can I have, you know, can I have some Cheerios or can I have some Fruit Loops or something? And I'll say, yes. And what will happen is they will then right away say, thank you. And if they don't, I'll stop and I'll say, what do you say? And they'll say, thank you, Daddy. Why are they saying that? Why do I do that? It's because I want them to understand that thankfulness is a posture. That's how you receive. You don't just demand, but you also say thank you as it's being handed. You know, it's already in God's heart to give you everything. In fact, the Bible talks about how uh, how God gave up Jesus. And if he would give up Jesus, what else would he not do for you? That's what the Bible says in Romans. And, and that's really the heart of God. It's, he's already put it in his heart. It's like me going to the grocery store and I've already purchased breakfast items and lunch items and snacks and dinner items. And I've thought about every person in my home, what they like, what they want, what they need. And I've purchased those items in advance, ready for them to receive it at the right time. And when they come to ask for it, or sometimes I even initiate it and I'll say, hey, do you want this for dinner? Do you want some tacos? Do you want some pizza? Do you want some cereal? Do you want some, do you want some brownies? I'll say those things and I'll ask, I'll even initiate it and they'll say, yes, thank you. That's our posture to be thankful. You know, in, in, in this verse in Hebrews 12, 28, it says in, in the New King James, uh, let us have grace. Let us have grace. This word grace in the Greek, Greek actually means to, to be thankful, to, be, to have a thanks for benefits, for services, for favors. You know, there's benefits to being a part of the kingdom. Benefits that we haven't even probably grabbed a hold of yet. And God is saying, take your benefits, receive your benefits, and do it with thanksgiving. Do it with thanksgiving. Hey, in the Amplified, it says it like this. It says, therefore, since we, receive, since, we are, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let's show gratitude and offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship. In the NLT, it says it like this. Since we're receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him. Literally, this is saying to be thankful to God for for the kingdom that he's offering, for the kingdom that he's giving. As you're receiving, be thankful. Let's not complain. Let's be thankful. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says this. It says, therefore, by let, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Let us continually, in other words, don't stop doing it. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, you know, giving thanks to Jesus for dying on the cross for us, giving thanks to Jesus for enduring shame for us, giving thanks to Jesus for being beaten and, and whipped for us, giving thanks to Jesus for becoming poor for us, that we might be made rich. That's what the Bible says for becoming a curse so that we might be blessed. The Bible says for loving us so much that he would give up glory and give up all his all, all, all of his status in heaven to come down into the form of a slave and to die a sinner's death and to take on the penalty of sin for us. If if that's not enough to give thanks, I don't know what is. But it's so much more. You know, this word salvation, this word to be saved, it's, it's a wholeness. It's to, it's to come and to bring completeness to us. That's the kingdom. 
God wants us to be whole and complete. He wants to be steady. He wants us to be unshakable to the core, not just on the outward, but to the core. When things are chaotic and crazy, we can call on the name of Jesus and we're safe, the Bible says. He's our stronghold. That's who our God is. That's the kingdom that we're invited into. And here's the number one posture. Be thankful when you receive be thankful. All you have to do is say, thank you, God, for the kingdom. Thank you. I'll receive it. I'll take it. Thank you so much. And we give thanks from our lips. We don't just think about it, but we truly give thanks to God. Number two, kill apathy. Kill apathy. In other words, be intentional. Make a decision. Who are you going to live for? What kingdom are you a part of? You know, Revelations chapter 3, verse 15, Jesus is speaking and he says this to the church. He says, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. That's what Jesus is saying. In other words, don't be lukewarm. I don't want you to be lukewarm. This is a time to no longer straddle the fence. That's what Jesus is saying to us. You know, I hate taking lukewarm showers. It's the worst, or a lukewarm bath. Anybody ever taken a lukewarm bath? Oh my goodness, it is horrible, horrible. Give me a hot shower steamy. I like it hot or give me a cold shower. Give me hot food. Give me cold food, but don't give me no lukewarm, cold in the middle, kind of cold here, kind of hot, kind of warm up. You're not really sure if it's supposed to be cooked or, or if it's supposed to be raw. Come on, let me know. That's how I like my food and that's how I like my showers. And that's how Jesus likes us. He wants us to be either hot or cold. Show me where you stand. You know, I don't like being around people that I'm not sure where they stand. I'd rather you stab me in the face instead of stabbing me in the back. You know, I, I want you to be hot or cold. That's what Jesus is saying. Be either hot or be cold. I'd rather you not be lukewarm. You're not going to be able to please anybody like that. No one likes to be around anyone that's kind of just apathetic. You know, you, I know I'm talking about food a lot. It's because I'm hungry right now. That's okay. I'm going to eat when this is all done. Thank you, Jesus. But but here's what, uh, here, here's what, here's what God is, is, is saying. I, I want you to, to choose the world or I want you to choose me. But you can't have both. And for some of us, we've been straddling that fence. You know, I was straddling that fence for a long time, even in Bible college for a season where I, I was trying to, to live for God or show that I was living for God. And then I was living for the world or showing that I was living for the world. You know, it, it, it was an issue of acceptance. I wanted to be accepted and I, I wanted, I was playing this game and Jesus was calling me. I remember when he was talking to me about it and saying, you, you can't live like this. Either you're for me or you're not for me, but make a decision, make a decision. And I made that decision years ago that I was going to be on fire, red hot for God. And I encourage you kill apathy in your life. You know, apathy kills Apathy kills. Are you going to let things happen to you or are you going to move forward? You know, the kingdom won't just come on you. The Bible says that we have to receive it. We're receiving this kingdom. And Jesus is saying, receive this kingdom. Kill apathy in your life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. It doesn't get clearer than that. You're either going to hate one or you're going to love the other, but you can't do both. You can't love both. You can't serve two masters at the same time. Listen, I can't, I just, I can't. And in fact, he goes on and he talks about you can't serve God and you can't serve, serve man, mammon or, or money. In other words, you cannot serve two different masters at once. It's time for us to choose. 
God is calling us and he's saying, choose right now. You know, Joshua, when they were conquering the land, right, he, he led the, the children of Israel over the Jordan River and they, they went and they had these long campaigns and they eventually conquered the promised land that, had, that God had promised to them, that gave to them as an inheritance, but they had to go and they had to possess it, they had to receive it. And he made this statement to the children of Israel and he said, choose who you're going to serve today. Like, choose this day who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And let me just speak to every head of house right now. You have a choice to make. And it's the day, today's the day I believe that God is saying, choose. As for you and your house, who are you going to serve? You know, if you're single, whatever it is, if you're, if you're listening to this right now, God is speaking to you and he's saying, choose today who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve these false gods? Are you going to serve money? Are you going to, are you going to serve yourself or are you going to serve me? Are you going to live for me? Listen, the Bible says very clearly that, that life, the source of life comes from God. Our eternity is found in God. I'm just telling you, the one to choose is God. That's where blessing is. Cursing comes from being outside of God. But, you know, with God, there's these promises and he, he never fails his promises. He never changes his mind. If he's promised healing, if he's promised provision, if he's promised steadiness, steadiness, if he's promised peace to you, he's going to give it to you because God's faithful. You know what's not faithful? The world. The world is fickle. People are fickle. You know, I know myself, I can be fickle. You know, depending on how hungry I am, I might get hangry. Anybody ever been hangry? Come on, it's a real thing. That shows you how fickle people can be. But God is steady, unchanging. The Bible says that there's no shadow or turning, no fickleness in God. It says that in James. That's our God. And he's saying, who are you going to choose? Choose me. But Jesus is saying, be intentional. Kill apathy. And then number three, the number three uh, point. So I, I said, be thankful. We said, kill apathy. And then number three, possess your inheritance. Go after it. Take all that God has, has offered to you. Take all that he's given you. You know, I, man, I love my kids. They, they are not shy. When, when they ask for something and I say, yeah, you can have it, you know, they, they forget sometimes to ask me how much. They just go and they grab the whole thing and they'll eat all the cookies or they'll eat all the box of cereal. They'll take it all. Why? Because they just know I can have it all. And God is saying, take your possession, possess your inheritance. Did you know that you have an inheritance? Listen, it's something that you didn't work for. It's something that you didn't earn, but it's something that's being given to you. And Jesus came and he, he, he bought, he purchased, he died so that you could receive this inheritance. In fact, the Bible says that we're joint heirs with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. We're joint heirs with Jesus. Let me read Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. It says this, it says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Listen, you've received a spirit. And it's not a fearful one. It's not one that makes you a fearful slave. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. That is so good. Adoption is amazing, you know, because adoption means that someone chose you. Someone had a choice and they, they looked at you and their heart leaped toward you and they chose you. God looked at you and his heart leaped toward you and he chose you and he adopted you and he bought, he bought you. He paid a great price to adopt you and not to bring you into fear, but to bring you into joy and into peace, into this unshakable kingdom. Listen, it goes on to say this in verse six, in, in, in verse 15, it says, now we call him 
Abba, Father, Daddy. We get to call Father God Daddy. In verse 16, it says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Now listen, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Listen to that. Together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering, the Bible says. But listen to that. Together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. We're heirs of God's glory. Come on, just say that. I'm an heir of God's glory. That's so good. With Jesus. In other words, Jesus sees us and he brings us up to the same status as he is. Says that The Bible says that we're seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus in heavenly places. Jesus brought us up and he, and he looks at us and he says, no, we're together. We're one. He doesn't, he doesn't say that we're just lowly, but, but God brings us up. He, he exalts us and, and he says, you're a co-heir with me. That's what Jesus said. You're a co-heir with me. And he's saying, he's saying, possess your inheritance. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18, Jesus is speaking here and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me just say this. This is, this is what we call the great commission. And a part of receiving this kingdom, you can almost say it's like receiving a family business in, in, in one hand. A part of receiving the kingdom is working in the kingdom, is, is, is living the kingdom lifestyle. And the kingdom lifestyle is, is to freely give. You know, Jesus even said to his disciples, he said, freely you've received, now freely give. And, and Jesus has called us as co-heirs with him, as, as joint heirs in the glory to also be joint heirs in, in ministering or in giving out in sharing of the good news of salvation and of freedom from bondages and healing from sicknesses and protection. And the list goes on and on and on of salvation and, 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 and such. And, and Jesus is saying, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, we're talking about house churches. This is what it is. You, know, you don't have to be a pastor to, to be a house church leader. You don't have to be a pastor to invite people into your home. You don't have to be a pastor to go share the good news of God's hope for people that will not disappoint, of God's joy, of God's freedom, to pray for for someone to give them encouragement. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You just need to be a child of God. And that's what we are. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're receiving. But he says this, he says, he who believes in verse 16, he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Listen, and these signs will follow those who believe. This is a part of your inheritance, these signs that you in the name of Jesus. And he says, in my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. In other words, a serpent might, a snake might bite the poison and it won't harm them and won't kill them. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and will, and they will recover. Listen, this is a part of our inheritance that we're supposed to receive these signs that follow us, but this co-mission to go really and minister the kingdom, to bring the kingdom of God wherever we go and to invite people in, even into our houses, into our homes to help them receive the kingdom as well. It's part of the Great Commission. 
And you know, you don't have to be extremely educated for this. You know, I already said it, you don't need to be a pastor for this, but really there's only one thing that you need, and that, that's the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit of God on you. Jesus said it like this, you know, after he finished his saying, uh, saying this and giving this great commission, he tells his disciples to wait. And in fact, in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says this, it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you'll be baptized. In other words, the Holy Spirit will come upon you not many days from now. And then he goes on in verse 8 and he says, but Jesus speaking, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There's power, this dunamis, uh, uh, life-changing power that's supposed to come upon you. And he says, and when that power comes on me, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's our inheritance, to receive this power from God that not only will change our life, but will change the lives of, of people around us. And, and so I just I want to encourage us right now, you know, we're wrapping up, we're, we're ending here, to get ourselves into the right posture as we receive this kingdom, to be thankful, to kill apathy, and to possess our inheritance, to go after it, to, to take what God has laid out before us and to then begin to minister that out to people. That's a part of possessing the inheritance is we receive it and we give it. We receive it and we give it. And listen, you don't have to be worried about as you give, there's going to be less for you. That's not true. In fact, there's no lack in the kingdom. There's no end to the kingdom of God. He said that he'll supply all of your need. He'll meet exceedingly abundantly all that you can ask or dream of is what the Bible says about God. That's our God. There's never any limit. There's no end to God's faithfulness. There's no end to God's provision or joy or peace. And in fact, Jesus said that, that uh, when we give, it'd be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So as you give joy, as you give hope, as you give peace, as you lay your hands on people and pray for them, as you invite people into your homes, guess what? All that stuff is going to come right back to, to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. See, we're receiving this kingdom and it's not just for us. It's for the people that are around us as well. And so I want to pray for us right now. I want to pray, first of all, for anyone that's watching this and you've never given your life to Jesus. That's the first step in receiving the kingdom is to give your life to Jesus. Allow Jesus to come and be Lord of your life. Receive salvation. Receive forgiveness. And then I'm going to pray for the rest of us right now. Come on, let's, let's pray. And if right now you want to make a decision for Jesus and give your life to him or rededicate your life to Jesus, uh, this is your opportunity. This is your time right now. So I want you to just pray with me. Come on, just let's, let's pray this together everybody. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for sending your son to die for me. And I believe that Jesus is Lord. I confess it. And I believe that he died for me and he rose from the grave for me. And I now make Jesus Lord of my life. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And from this day forward, I call myself a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus, and I receive salvation. I receive this unshakable kingdom. And now fill me with your Holy Spirit 
in Jesus' name. And now let me pray for all of you right now. In the name of Jesus, I just declare peace that surpasses all understanding. I speak joy, unspeakable joy to overflow every person right now. To not just touch the person listening and the person watching, but God, that you would overflow their cups and that they would begin to, everywhere they go, joy would begin to fall on the people and hit and touch the people that are around. Father, I pray for every person that's been straddling the fence, that has not made a full decision to follow you. God, I pray that you would give them grace, that you would give them strength. God, that you would give them courage, Lord, to put down the things that need to get put down and to take up your salvation, to make a decision to follow you and to live for you from this day forward. God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We speak blessing, Lord, on all that you've called us to. We say that we will receive this kingdom and we will minister this kingdom how you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us.